Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk Podcast. This is Amy Bisson, and I'm here today with Mickey Dumont. We're the podcast twins. We're the host of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about some local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members and we'll keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. As our members know, United Teachers of Lowell 495, or UTL, represents about 1,700 teachers, paraprofessionals, custodians, cafeteria workers, and security guards from across the Lowell Public Schools. But what some of you may not realize is that we are part of two larger groups, the American Federation of Teachers, or AFT, and our state organization, AFT Massachusetts. Because we are affiliated with these two larger organizations, our member voices are represented not only in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but also across the country. Today, we are honored to speak with recently elected AFT Massachusetts President Beth Contos about AFT Mass and some of the ways AFT Mass protects and benefits our local union members. Beth Contos is one of us. Beth was a high school history teacher in Salem, Mass, and through her commitment to her local union, Beth became president of the Salem Teachers Union in 2015. She served in that capacity until becoming AFT Mass State President in 2018. Beth understands the challenges for our active members in today's classrooms because she has been there. Good afternoon, Beth, and welcome to Lowell. We're delighted to have the opportunity for our members to meet and hear from you as our AFT Mass President and as a teacher who understands the unique challenges of public education today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're delighted to have you here, Beth. Um, can you tell us a little bit or t- share with our members a little bit about your pathway to education? Okay, sure. I. Um, I was 20 years um, working for the phone company. I was from a telephone operator to a computer technician to a computer programmer. And I liked who I worked with very much. I liked my job, but I didn't feel that personal connection. Um, I needed more people in my job. And I really liked kids. And at that time, my kids were like middle school age. And I decided that I would start preparing to go into teaching. So it was a second career decision. Second career. And I thought it was a good time. My children were old enough because I had to get my master's degree. Sure. They didn't need me all the time in the evening as long as someone was there to make them safe. I felt like I could get my master's and it was very difficult to be in my 40s getting my master's rather than going Mm -hmm. to school when you're younger. Right, right. So I'll say both my daughters now are getting their master's and they're in their 20s. So I really encouraged (laughs) that they do it early. (laughs) You're a good example. Yeah, yeah. We all did our homework together. Good decision. (laughs) Beth, um, can you give us a little clarification Mm -hmm. between AFT and MTA? Okay, so AFT is the American Federation of Teachers. In Massachusetts, we have uh, about 23,000 members. Mm So um, AFT National, that's how we refer to the the whole union, 
um, is about uh, 1.3 million members. Okay. And they are the second largest nurses union also. Huh? So nurses in hospitals uh -huh. as well as nurses that are in the schools. Huh. Yeah. Pretty wow, interesting. That Very is, interesting. That is an interesting mm -hmm. connection. So United Teachers of Lowell is affiliated yes. with AFT and AFT Mass. Right. And you are the new president That's right. of AFT Massachusetts. That's right. New president as of last? April 28th. April. April 28th. I th and you know, it's funny. I took the next day off because I was t in the classroom mm -hmm. um, in Salem, Salem High School. And I took the next day after the election as a professional day. Mm -hmm. I figured, I mean, a personal day. And I figured if I lost, I could stay home and just recuperate. Mm -hmm. And if I won... I'd need a day of sleep, you know, <laughs> because you were going to be busy. That's right. However, holy smokes, my phone never stopped ringing. Uh -oh. From the time I left the convention, I was on the phone with Randy Weingarten, who's mm -hmm. the president of AFT National, and then her, multiples of her people, and then starting the, the, the next day was a Sunday, the Boston Globe called, and the Salem News called, mm, and, and it was just busy, 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 yeah. and it really hasn't stopped. Hasn't stopped. No, right no, in, jumped right in. <laughs> I, I know, I'm it's amazed. I, I see you out and about everywhere, especially mm -hmm. during election yeah. season. Yeah. And you know, I give you a lot of credit. Thank you. Mm. Um, one thing I do want to make clear to people listening: mm. I've been asked many times why unions, why teachers' unions get involved in politics. Mm. Good question. And really, what it is is, if people weren't trying to destroy us, mm -hmm. we could stay out of politics. Right. If people just allowed schools to do the best things for the children, and if we were fully funded. We wouldn't need to care about politics. Exactly. But the people that create the budgets and decide whether or not to fund them are politicians. So we have to get to know them. We have to decide who we support, mm -hmm. and then we need to hold them accountable after the election. Mm -hmm. We have to engage. We, we have to. Absolutely. We have to. Right. I, I recently read something that you wrote about one of your goals is to build power within our members. Right. Membership. Yep. Deep and wide. Can you talk a little bit about your vision for AFT Mass? Sure. This really comes from my um, work at the Salem Teachers Union. I was a union member, sure. obviously, and um, you know you're always really happy that the union gets you a decent contract and a decent raise and your personal days. But it really, um, really showed me how important the union was when we had a particular problem with an administrator. Many, many teachers throughout our school got together with the union and figured out how to work with this person because we weren't afraid to go and speak about it as one person. Mm -hmm. We were a group. And um, ultimately, we made for a better work environment. We found our own voice, and we realized we could work together and get something big accomplished that was gonna change the environment for the students as well as the teachers. So then, shortly thereafter, the vice president of the Salem Teachers Union was retiring, and um, the president needed somebody. And so I went to her and asked her, if there had to be an election, because I really thought that there was something I could do to help her. Mm -hmm. And she said, nope, I'm just going to bless you, because there wasn't much time <laughs> left in his his term when he retired. Mm -hmm. So she did a little bit of a blessing. Which the president has. Oh, yes, she had the right to, to do. do. Right. right. 
and she needed help immediately okay. not you know so mm-hmm. so I did that and then um, it's funny I even reached out to Brant Duncan who was the president of the Lynn Teachers Union at the time mm-hmm. and asked him a bunch of questions about the kind of work he did because I felt drawn to it and um, so then maybe it was another year or so Joyce retired and was going to retire. She and was Joyce the president. Was... Joyce Harrington was the president of the Salem Teachers Union. Mm-hmm. So I ran. And I really have enjoyed every minute of it. I was still in the classroom half-time, and then I was half-time president. Did we clarify what it was you taught? I taught social studies in Salem High School. Okay. So, and a lot of it was social justice. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, so this is a good fit. Oh, yeah. It was super interesting. The kids loved it. I loved it. And um, it pulled in a lot of um, uh, aspects of law and public policy. Mm-hmm. We were always dissecting something that was in the news. And then I knew that I really felt like, um, p- partly being a president, also I got to be part of the executive board and mm-hmm. saw the inner workings of AFT mm-hmm. Massachusetts. And um, that's when I realized what was out there in our union that I was blind to. Like all the field reps that we have access yes. to, the attorneys that are on staff mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. that we can reach out to as presidents to help our members. I didn't really realize that there were that many people just waiting for to mm-hmm. help us. Mm-hmm. It was far more than just your contract. Yeah, I think that's pretty common too, that our right. membership doesn't really realize all of the people who are standing behind supporting you. That's right, right. Yeah. It's way more than your cost of living raise yeah. or your personal yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say that as the new president of AFT Mass, you have assumed what I see as the most outstanding staff oh my goodness. that I've ever seen mm-hmm. anywhere. Uh, everybody Every together. They have unbelievable talent. Yes. And they are, this is probably the most important part. They're, they're willing to work with each other mm-hmm. or with our members for any effort as long as it betters our schools Mm -hmm. and it's not about taking credit it's Mm -hmm. about uh, contributing to the whole community output you know better um, outcomes and they're terrific they're really great bunch to be with. We've met a couple of them. Yeah 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 I think we've interviewed a couple as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're saving the best for last. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Speaking of that, though, um, one of the uh, pressing issues from last spring through the summer to now is building membership right. and membership engagement. Right. So could you speak to that a little bit? Sure, definitely. Well, you know, let's go back to this, my idea of building wide mm-hmm. and deep. So, and this is what we did in Salem, too. And everything I'm going to talk about, it's really based on my experiences in Salem. Sure. We What we did is we created an equality between every member, whether no matter what job you had. Mm-hmm. So whether you're an elementary school teacher, high school teacher, or paraprofessional, um, in the union, everybody's 100% equal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we we leveled our stipends so that everyone got paid the same, whether mm-hmm. you were a parent mm-hmm. or a teacher. And um, we increased the number of building reps we had so that there was always going to be a building um, rep that was a teacher and one that was a para. Okay. So that way, and yeah. responsible for each other. Mm-hmm. So covering each other's back all the time. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like making sure that we include everybody 
And then we use our member engagement skills Mm -hmm. to go deep into our schools and go reach out to that person who has not yet made a connection to the union. Mm -hmm. You know, that first friend. Simply because they haven't been asked. Exactly, they haven't been asked. Sometimes that's all it takes is a conversation. I agree. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started having, and I think this is true across the state, we're all starting to have more socials Mm -hmm. where we get together for fun and we have a little meeting at the same time and maybe we even talk about some of the problems we might have. I don't think talking about problems is a bad thing. No, not at all. I I know that I have taken some national coursework online and hearing people in Texas or California or Oklahoma voice the same concerns that I had as a teacher here Mm -hmm. in Lowell was pretty powerful and reassuring, unfortunately. Sure. And what we did with the No On Two campaign, mm-hmm. if you think back to 2016, about unifying right. community members, yeah. unifying educators, unifying school committees, when they saw the damage of the money leaving the budgets, everybody could get on the same page because yeah. all kids were affected by that. Yes. And we unified all those groups by educating them. That's right. Which was huge. Right. So now you guys have a leisure. Right. Yes, we we uh, throughout Massachusetts we're building more um, major tables. Massachusetts Education Justice Alliance. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to we're developing them now in Springfield, Chelsea. You guys have one. Lawrence. Lawrence. Does Lynn have one yet? Well, there's the North Shore one. Oh, okay. It's uh, Lynn in Salem, mm-hmm. and um, Beverly and Danvers all go to that. We may end up dividing that a little bit with time, mm-hmm. but we've gotten some uh, help from AFT National to help us build those tables because okay. we want to have it um, a facilitator, and we want to give them a budget so they can have coffee and whatever you know at the meetings and Mm -hmm. then work with them to engage families and teachers and I think families were surprised at how much teachers were with them 100% during the no on two campaign Mm -hmm. I think it was like you're right we get it we we are all on the same page Mm -hmm. because nationally the dialogue that we heard on television and on social network was always downing teachers yes Mm -hmm. Right? That, that seems to be a sport. Right. Yeah. And 2016, and the campaign for the edu- the schools our kids deserve, um, that all kids deserve, started to change that. And around the country, I've heard this nationally, that people saw, teachers saw what we did here, pushing back against the big money that wanted charter schools. Mm-hmm. It was David and Goliath. It, it, it certainly was, you know? yeah. Um, they took that and ran with it when Mm -hmm. they were pushing back on wanting more funds in their schools. Mm -hmm. Some Mm -hmm. teachers, you know, long experienced teachers hadn't received a raise in in years um, across the country. Mm -hmm. So we saw West Virginia, we saw Colorado, we saw Arizona, and now we see California. Right, yes. Really pushing back, partly for their own salaries, but mostly for the environment of the classroom. That is not what it should, really should be especially when we're giving tax cuts to the very, very wealthy, and then we're asking teachers to fund their own classroom. Yeah, right. That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And some of that, Beth, brings us back to the beginning of the conversation when we talked about why is politics 
critical right. to educate us. Why should we be involved? And I think because in recent years we've seen that some of the politicians that we strongly backed at one time were now going off into a different direction. Sure. So we really have to focus on politicians who are going to support our causes. That's right. When you think about it, there's, um, you know, it's it's hard to say it's a Democrat versus a Republican. But it in, is. But mostly mm-hmm. our Democratic candidates have been on the side of funding our education. But then within that, mm-hmm. we also have people within the Democrats Correct. that are corporate Democrats mm-hmm. that really are behind the privatization of our mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. And they take money from Democrats for Education Reform, which we call DEFER. I mean, these are people that want our schools to be run like businesses and not to be run like schools. They and want it, to privatize. They them. want to privatize, and they, there's a there's a profit mode in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about testing and test scores and test and punish. And that's a good segue to yeah. the next question okay. about high-stakes tests. Yes. Mm. Uh, we know that you have strong opinions about that. Yeah. I think most of us know that the high-stakes testing is wrong and that it's used to actually harm our students rather than help That's them. That's right. What's, what are AFT's plans, AFT Mass's plans? Well, this whole test and punish is crazy. Yeah. Um, it goes back to the beginning of Ed Reform. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, if you think about teachers, mm-hmm. teachers have been testing kids since the beginning of time. That's right. So, right. so we, ha- we have to. We, yeah. we teach something. We, we have to know we, what... Right. what the children know exactly we assess where they are we Mm -hmm. might reteach or teach it differently reassess again and go forward it's the high stakes nature of these tests what does that mean so well if you don't pass you don't graduate high school even though you've completed every other requirement i i personally have had students because i taught at the high school level so it's the end of their career Mm -hmm. and i have kids that it's, it's mostly been the math uh, MCAS that I've seen kids really struggle with. They might have missed it by two points, okay? Correct. And they take it heartbreaking. every... Heartbreaking. Mm. They take it every time it's offered, they consistently miss the two points. And it's not necessarily the same two. Not necessarily the same Correct. two points. And then they graduate, and I put that in air quotes, because they cross the stage, they get a certificate of completion, they don't get a diploma. diploma. Without that diploma, they can't go on to school. Mm -hmm. They can't get an associate's or a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. Um, They could pay for classes, but unfortunately, unless you have that diploma, you can't apply for any loans or get a grant. This is so wrong. Right. So I'm thinking of this um, uh, one boy and one girl that I knew very well. They both had a horrible time with the math. They missed it and they came back. Each of them came back for four years and took it in the retest time Mm -hmm. every year. And then finally, they each passed it. Mm. Um, And I I'm heartbroken because I know the girl I was especially close to and she would tell me how she really just wanted to get mm-hmm. her associate's degree so she could go on to the sure. next phase of her life. Yes. Right. She felt like she was stuck in high school, yeah. you uh-huh. know. And they're not the only two. No. Um, I know of other people that didn't pass um, because they um, were English language learners. They right. moved to this country when they were freshmen. They right. didn't have they not were, enough time. They didn't mm-hmm. have enough time to learn English fluently. They didn't do well. They did okay in their classes, but 
What's what's hard for a lot of our kids that move here later in life um, in their in their school career, you don't always know if it's language or if it's special ed. Right. That's yes. the problem. That's and right. they, they may need some intense coaching, yeah. but we may not have someone who can coach them in their language. Um, so needless to say, those students may graduate with just a certificate of completion. Yeah. And I just wonder if in 10 years, when they're much more fluent, they'd like to go back maybe to, to one of our com- wonderful community colleges and work towards an associate's degree, and they won't be able to. That's just and, so unfair. Right, and they may not know how to fix this. Yeah. Um, and what we know from MCAS and Park is it's a demonstration of the socioeconomics mm-hmm. of the area much more than what the child knows. We know that the, the questions are not always fair based on culture, mm-hmm. language. Um, they also take, they cost $25 million per year to be created and scored mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Good and that's from the Department of Education yeah. Yeah. website. And that doesn't take into account all the pre-testing mm-hmm. that our schools pay for. All the prep, too, that mm-hmm. is done right. throughout the year. Right. So they buy these programs, their mm-hmm. computer programs, some kind of software that they purchase. They're very expensive. I know um, Salem Mass used to use ANET, which one year cost us $400,000. Oh, my goodness. What okay. could a school do with that amount of money? Oh, my that goodness. It was ridiculous, yeah. and after several years, because they got one year for free, mm-hmm. and then they paid this big amount, and then they paid a little bit less each year, and after several years, they, they stopped using it because the product was not flexible to their needs. I just find that unconscionable because yeah. that amount of money, what we need is smaller class sizes, we need more reading teachers, we need more English Reference language supports. teachers. Yep. Oh, my goodness. We yeah. wouldn't have... The trauma in our classrooms, the behavior issues that we've talked about before, if we had enough trained people, Mm. like social workers or real behavior specialists Mm. in our classrooms to help the kids adjust to all the various things that are going on in the world. Instead of a test prep program. Instead of a test prep. Goodness. And you know when you give MCAS at the 10th grade Mm. level, the whole school shuts down. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else that's not there is a three-hour delay. The mm-hmm. kids that are being tested take the test, mm-hmm. and then you have unlimited time. So some students, it's their entire day. Yeah. And the other students that go to their regular classes, they're usually a shorter class. It goes through quickly. Mm-hmm. But not that, not as much happens that's in right. that right. because many of the students are not in class. Yeah. It just feels like such a waste. This could be so much. I think our kids are getting really good at writing really poor five-paragraph essays. I would agree with that. You know? I mean, there's a lot more in life than a five-paragraph essay. There sure is. And that's what they're looking for on the MCAS and the park. And I'll say, even moving to the park, which is on um, laptops or, you know, some kind of devices, for a lot of kids... They may do poorly because they just don't know how to use the device that they're, yes. they're doing it on. Right. They, there's a lot that, um, especially in our really young children that don't have all the dexterity mm-hmm. for the, using the mouse. and Exactly. Um, Keyboarding skills. Right. And drop right. All those high-level skills. Right. Yeah. And the typing. Mm-hmm. Little children yeah. aren't typing yet. They're mm-hmm. one finger, you know, maybe on a, on a phone. But 
for me, less screen time is better for the kids. I agree. We need to learn how to use technology, sure, but it shouldn't replace one-on-one with teachers. And I would rather teach a child to write a computer programmer, you know, I mean, really, because then if you're writing a program using abstract thinking, you're using math skills, you're being creative, but just learning how to use the computer is not necessarily the same skills, very low level skills, Mm -hmm. a lot of button pushing. And that doesn't seem like doesn't uh, seem like a good use of educational no, time, does no, it? No, no. I'd rather see a child lie around the floor, snuggled up with some friends and reading a book out yeah. loud, you yeah. know? I agree. Yeah. So I think one of the main focuses for both AFT and MTA is to maybe have a grassroots movement in mm-hmm. informing the general public That's right. what this testing means. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the younger grades, parents can opt out. However... Yes. It doesn't come without a price. That's yeah. right. They're penalized for doing that. The school is penalized if a and family the state managed out. to work that in mm-hmm. to dissuade people from opting out. And um, parents can easily um, just write a letter and say their child is not going to participate. Legally, they can do that. Legally, they mm-hmm. can do that. Um, and if they get any pushback from their administrators, you know, they shouldn't take it. They they do have the right. It's their child. They could keep them out of school for the day, or they could send them to school, and the school should have something, an al- a good alternative for them to do that day. Yeah. Not sit in a corner yeah. just Staring waiting. at a wall. Yeah, right? no, no, no. Yeah, and I think that, Beth, I think that's one of the accountability measures mm-hmm. that we need to work really hard to eliminate. Right. Because it's, it's just as penalizing as the test itself. That's right. right. If my children were in school now, I would, um, opt, them I would opt them out. As would I. Yeah. And, and my children did take MCAS. Mm-hmm. Mine um, didn't. Yeah. A little older than you yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> I think my children were among the first wave. They were oh, the experimental oh. children. Oh, okay. But my, you know, I have to say, my children ate every day and had weekends where we went to museums mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, they played sports and they, we had books all the time. We weren't financially struggling. So they had everything they needed. My children would have probably passed anything that was put in front of them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And just because they were exposed to a lot of life. And I feel horrible for the students who are then told that they're not passing or they're failures. Yes. And it's really because of just the lack of exposure to language and to experiences. experiences. now think about when you were in grammar school. Mm-hmm. You too, Amy, right? You yeah. went on field trips. We did, right? Lots of them. We did too. Mm-hmm. I went on a lot of field trips. Mm-hmm. They weren't. I don't even know. Maybe we paid for them. Maybe we didn't. But I think it was, you know, you a dollar or something. And yeah. um, when I think of field trips that I put on in the high school to go places, we had to raise money for the bus. We right. had to raise. And and when we went to school, when you had a field trip. Nobody had to pay for the bus. I mean, the school That's, department just had a bus come. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there was a cost to it, but the children didn't pay for right. it. This was considered something that was good for the students to do. Mm-hmm. It was a cultural enrichment. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we went to a museum or we went to farms. I remember going to see a leather factory make shoes. Um, so 
this is what helps build your vocabulary, it builds your experiences. Yeah. Our kids today don't do enough of that. No, they don't. No, There's, they don't. No, it's very limited. Very limited, and it's it ha everything we do has to be tied to a standard mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. will pay off. I mean, I've recently done field trips, and you can't take a field trip anymore unless you, you can it. tie it to a standard. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's just a really cool thing to do. I know. Yeah. Whatever it is, right? Cool or fun or, yep. you know. Yeah. Experience. Especially yeah. our newest comers who may not have Those had the same experience right. that my kids had. That's right. right. Take them to some place a little different. Yeah. You know, fun. Well, their experiences museums. and their backgrounds. That's right. Well, Beth, we've covered a lot of material. Uh, we know that there's a lot more to go over, specifically school funding, which was a tragedy. Oh, um, my goodness. This last legislative session. Another reason to be involved in politics, yeah. which is going to be our primary focus after the elections. Mm -hmm. We will be at the State House having conversations with everybody we've endorsed about what they said they believed. And oh, good. Because good. you know why? We're hoping to have you back yeah. before the legislators start again in January. That's right. So that maybe we can give our members and listeners some tips on sure. how they can help. Exactly. And we can tell people how, what, what our plan is. We are going to have a legislative agenda. Okay. We're going to talk about funding is number one and how to do it. Because mm -hmm. not only do you want to show what you need, but how to pay for it. Uh -huh. So we've got some really innovative ideas for that. And then we'll be come back with ideas on how people can email and that's phone terrific. calls yeah, to the people terrific. to make sure that it gets voted on. Because unfortunately, there's been some great legislation that's come through and it just never makes yeah. it to the floor never for a vote. Never quite made it, but we'll do it. We will. <laughs> All right, so Beth, we want to thank you so much for visiting with us today. And your message of empowerment and engagement for all of our members is critically important as we learn the results of this election over the next couple of days. Yep. No matter what the results are, we have work to do, and as a union of caring professionals, we have an obligation to stand in support of our students and their families and for our colleagues across the Commonwealth. We encourage all our listeners to go to our podcast website, www.util495-straighttalk.com, and comment. We'll post a brief survey on the podcast webpage and hope to get your input as to the issues you see that are of the greatest importance in Massachusetts public education. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, and we welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, or if you are aware of UTL members who might be willing to share their experiences and expertise, send us an email at utl-straighttalk at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Mickey Dumont with Amy Bisson wishing you a great week. Mm -hmm.